0: Uh, Back at it.
1: We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast on this Friday. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Colby Powell. Colby, good Friday to you, sir.
0: Oh, it is a good Friday. I'm sitting here watching the PGA Championship and uh, great golf on a, a brutal golf course hovland's under par gooch is under par fowler is under par what's going on cowboys
1: everywhere i don't know if i want to play the ocean course it's a little intimidating i don't a little play- i mean a lot i don't want to play it from these tees i play it from about six
0: thousand yards any further than that <laughs> and i am out what are you hitting on 17 uh 17 from the back tee it's usually into the wind carson i would have to hit driver it would be too much club but i would take driver i would hit it over the green and i would just take my chances from whatever's over the green because uh it beats it beats hitting a three wood as good as i can hit it and ending up at the pond
1: i think i would hit like a seven iron just way left like like 140 yards out still like like a little walkway over up? there is there somewhere to hit it over there well, there's a grandstand over
0: there for the tournament but i'm assuming normally it would be but the problem is you don't know if that's going to be mown down grass or like if you went and played it in august is that going to be native grass because you can't lay up into native grass i don't know it's yeah. just it's a beast i might of- hit
1: I might hit like pitching wedge just dead left on a land and then you just have a way better angle
0: <laughs> also <laughs> kind of like par- phil did
1: that one year didn't phil lay up on a par three when he was mad at the usga
0: yeah, several guys did it at Wingfoot this uh, past September, too, on the fourth hole at Wingfoot. But the yeah. 16th hole at Kia was awesome. It's a par five. Drivers, uh, Webb Simpson hit driver off the tee box. He hit driver off the deck for his second shot, and he had 118 yards in for his third after he went driver driver.
1: Wow. That, it'd be that's a, it'd be what a I'd be doing. I can't hate. Uh, let's hear from Chris University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop. Be sure to shop at chrisuniversityspirit.com for all your cowboy shopping needs. We appreciate Chris's sponsoring the podcast. As always, go and get you some baseball gear, some softball gear. We're entering the postseason for both of those. And speaking of baseball, Colby, we had GW back in Stillwater. He spoke at OSU's commencement many years ago. He was scheduled to throw out the first pitch for the grand opening of Big 12 play. At Obreit. We all know COVID canceled that, but uh, GW was back at Obrate last night, Colby, and uh, he fired another strike the the scene was pretty awesome george w bush obviously played some baseball growing up because the dude has got a pretty
0: good arm on him and it looks it looks natural you know a lot of people get out to throw the first pitch looks like they're pushing it or like they don't really know how to throw a baseball george w bush knows how to throw a baseball just the scene the atmosphere i mean the fans were there a bunch of people there last night at obrate stadium cecil obrate was there and he threw a strike as well uh in his old age it was just it was an awesome atmosphere an awesome setting and i mean even and Dave Hunziker kind of talked about it uh, on the broadcast. It's just when, when there's a, a former American president or current American president for that, for that matter, uh, on site, it's just, it's a different feeling. And to have that at an Oklahoma State baseball game and have him throw out the first pitch
1: was really, really cool. Pretty cool to see former president rocking an OSU pullover and throwing up the, the pistols firing after he threw oh. up the, uh, the first pitch. That's pretty dang cool.
0: Yeah, it is. It's just seeing him rocking that orange uh, was awesome. And, and like you said, he gave the he gave the gun pistols firing. So uh, it was it was awesome last night at O'Brien. I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't even go back and check the final score. I'm assuming they beat New Orleans. I didn't even go look.
1: I went to bed early last night, so I have no idea.
0: <laughs> we can find out. Look, 21. So we can find out here. I'm it betting they New did.
1: Orleans. They need to they need to beat New Orleans.
0: They definitely should be beating New Orleans. They did. They beat them nine to
1: six last night. Okay. Ooh, they they snuck right? one out.
0: Right, but so they tight? did
1: take they did take two or three from Baylor, which they 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 needed another Big Twelve series win. They took two or three from Kansas, so they've been playing better lately. After after losing the series to Texas and Oklahoma before that, so baseball rolling into the Big Twelve tournament. They got New Orleans for two more games this weekend, Then the Big Twelve tournament gets underway. Uh, Wednesday through Sunday this week in Oklahoma City. Colby, I know you like to go to the, the Big 12 tournament. I've been there for years covering it for uh, TV purposes. It's just, it's such a cool place to have it there in Oklahoma City. Great location, great ballpark. And uh, there's been so many fun memories over the years, but uh, I think everyone's kind of looking forward to, you know, because I was, I was at Dodgers opening night uh, going live for Channel 5 and they weren't requiring under MLB rules they weren't requiring masks so i think there should be a decent turnout i think for big 12 baseball tournament i don't know what the p- protocols are going to be for since it's still under the big 12 wing or whatever but i'm looking forward to that as well
0: yeah it'll be a good event i go pretty much every year i don't go watch like every single game of every session but i definitely go and check it out i remember uh, the trevor boone bomb that was hit a few years back was just awesome and oklahoma state has had some great success in that tournament under josh holiday so uh yeah it's really good stuff this year i'm going to be i mean i'm I'm missing it for another great event i'm going to be at southern hills like tuesday through sunday of next week which basically is the big 12 baseball tournament so i'm going to be in tulsa all week i don't get to go this year i'm i'm really bummed about the overlap there because it is a fun event that i really enjoy every year what are you doing in tulsa uh, Southern Hill Senior PGA Championship. Going to be out right. there pretty much Senior every day. Yeah. Do we have any local guys in that? uh local guys we've got Scott plank willie wood brant Job. uh not a local guy but i did just as we're having this conversation steve stricker who will be there next week just hold out for eagle and he's now like three inside the cut line so stricker might be tired after walking the ocean course for four days
1: no kidding he might win it though he's he's playing really well on the pga tour let alone the the seniors so oh yeah he's lighting it up I'm interested to see what Southern looks like. Obviously, they've been dealing with a lot of winter kill, like everybody else here in the city. So that'll that'll be fun, though. Even though you're missing the Big 12 tournament, there's there's worse places to be than than Southern Hills. Uh, speaking of softball, I brought up softball earlier. OSU is hosting a regional in softball. Uh, game one is Friday. You know the Cowgirls impressively have made the postseason every year under Kenny Gayeski. Obviously, they didn't get to play last year with COVID, but every year he's been the head coach, they've qualified postseason they're hosting mississippi state boston and campbell uh all three have let's see here Is that losing records in postseason play i'm not, not sure what i'm reading here but anyway osu 59 and 46 all-time in the play tournament it's their 28th appearance in the tournament since 1982 but man I'm, I'm expecting osu to roll colby and it's gonna be cool to see the the home crowd there now it's kind of a bummer, Colby. They're limiting capacity because that's still under the, the NCAA tournament rules. They want to limit capacity to 50%. So that that stadium's not very big to begin with, but it's not going to be a packed house like we saw in Bedlam.
0: Yeah, I didn't realize that they were limiting capacity. I forgot that this is not technically an event that's run by Oklahoma State. It's run by the NCAA since it is the NCAA tournament. Uh, Yeah, Oklahoma State softball plays at 1 o'clock today against Campbell, uh, and then Oklahoma State will play later on, or pardon me, tomorrow. Oklahoma State will play at either 1 or 3.30 against Mississippi State or Boston, depending on how the winners and losers of these first couple of games break down. But, I mean, Oklahoma State, obviously the expectation is Women's College World Series. This is a good team that Kenny Guy. Has put together. Uh, and this is just the first step. So you have the regional this week, super regional will be next week. And then the college world series will be the week after the women's college world series here in Oklahoma City. So high expectations for this softball team. I think it's uh women's college world series or bust for me, Carson.
1: Yeah. And uh, I mentioned to see if they win this regional, where they end up in the supers, because when, last time they made it to the women's college world series, uh, they had to. They had to go through the number one overall seed, defending champion Florida State Seminoles on the road. That was about as tough of a road as you could get. So I think they'll have a, a much better draw being the number five seed this year. Uh, so we'll have to see where they head for super regional if they get through the regional uh, in Stillwater, which they should. I mean, Mississippi State's from the SEC, but Boston and Campbell shouldn't be much resistance and mississippi state i think oklahoma state's simply better than so it's gonna be fun to watch this weekend see how the cowgirls do and man it'd be cool to see them get to uh, oklahoma city women's college world series i that's another really cool event i mentioned the big 12 baseball tournament the ncaa softball tournament oklahoma city now is really a, a, a ratings grabber for espn i mean it it does really well the stands are packed for that every year that they've had it And uh, it'd be fun to see OSU and OU there uh, for the Women's College World Series. We'll see if they can get there.
0: Yeah, it'd be really fun if Oklahoma State could play everyone else except OU until the championship <laughs> round and then play OU. That way you at least get as far through the tournament as you can before you have to see them because, ah, they're so loaded. It's so annoying. But they've got a great program. Oklahoma State, though, can beat them. It's, it's not like you're going out and beating OU on the reg, but Oklahoma State proved, I think, to us. And more importantly, they proved to themselves OU is not invincible. You have to play well to beat them, but if you play well, you can do it. So I uh, would love to see that matchup in Oklahoma City.
1: Yep, that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, some basketball recruiting news. Five star Keontae George, the number six overall player in the 2022 class, has announced the top five. That in- includes Oklahoma State. Other big names include Kentucky, Baylor, Texas, and Kansas. So it's a Big 12 battle with Kentucky also in the mix. Now, I don't think Colby OSU's expecting to land him. But I do think this is a big deal because you're starting to see guys who are ranked in the top 10 in the country throw OSU in with Kentucky, with Kansas, schools of that ilk. And I think that really illustrates the job that Mike Boynton's done, and he's catching the attention of a lot of the best players in the country.
0: Yeah, I think so too. It just goes to show what Mike Boynton is building, that these elite players look at Oklahoma State and they're like, man, that place that place is all right. They've got some cooking up there. So, uh, I mean, you, you know, you, you don't want to lose a guy from Big 12 country to Kentucky, you don't want to do that. So I would like to not see him go to Kentucky. I would also like to not see him go to a Big 12 opponent. So that really kind of pickles me in here because uh the only scenario in which I'm not upset is him going to Oklahoma State. And like you said, I don't think Oklahoma State ends up getting him. He also has the G League as an option. That's that's something that we always have to consider now with these guys that are the really elite talents uh and he is one of those. He's, you know, anywhere from uh top 5, top 10 depending on what uh ranking site you use in terms of his his ranking in the country. I'm seeing right here number 6 overall, according to 247 Sports Composite. So it's a big deal for Oklahoma State because thing is, if you continue to get these four and five stars putting you on their list, it's just other kids in high school. See that. Okay, a lot of interest in Oklahoma State. Mike Boynton doing good things. The interest builds. The interest builds. Then all of a sudden, you land a few of these guys and you can stack recruiting classes on top of each other and build something special. And I think that's what Mike Boynton's got cooking.
1: And he's parlaying the success of Cade Cunningham. A quote from... From Keontae, quote, Mike Boynton really just tells me I could be a lot like Cade Cunningham for them. I could come in and have a good season and prepare myself for the next level, and that's the goal. One of my best friends, Avery Anderson, goes there. We talk a lot about college. Coach Boynton just tells us that we could feed off of each other. Look at Mike Boynton just pushing all the right buttons. He got Cade Cunningham. He's going to just use that model for all these kind of one-and-done type players. And lo and behold, he's, he's friends with Avery Anderson. So maybe they have a better shot than I initially thought. Yeah, I mean, that's always
0: good whenever you've got those guys on campus. That's something – I mean, you got to capitalize on that. If you've got guys who, who know people, put in a good word, make it happen. I mean, we, we saw it obviously in a major way with Caden Cannon. Uh, but, I mean, even still, Oklahoma State is just doing things. They're on a, a good forward trajectory with the program. And that's the thing. You know, so many of these guys play together in AAU, high school, whatever the case may be, from, from – closer areas, but even from across the country now with everything that's happening with AAU. So they all kind of know each other. We saw that with the the Titans. That was what, Rondell Walker, Cade Cunningham. And I think there was another Oklahoma State player that, that was on the Titans with them. Uh, but I can't remember who it was. These guys all get to know each other and you get a few of them in Stillwater and maybe some more of them want to show up. So I just love everything that Mike Boynton's doing. And we'll probably see him in the next couple days. Carson, I would assume he'll be out at the softball regional because that's just how he rolls.
1: Yep. I assume so. So Mike Boyden is still going after big fish. They have one scholarship to give, uh, for this current cycle. And this kid's a 2022 guy. So interested to see what he does on the recruiting trail. All right, let's get to the PGA championship. Colby, uh, Victor Hovland fires a three under par round to be up near the the leaders. Corey Connors obviously was uh, two shots in front at five under par, but Victor Hovland, he was very popular coming into the week. A lot of people were picking him and, he really lived up to the hype, Colby, and he didn't make hardly any putts, but he, he, he ball struck his way to a 300-par round. Not only did he live up to the hype,
0: he was the most entertaining guy on the golf course yesterday. If you actually watched the tournament yesterday, Victor Hovland was getting so much love and so much love on social media. There was this instance where his ball was just out of a bunker and his feet were kind of hanging over the edge of the bunker and he was trying to figure out what to do. He's talking to his caddy. He starts laughing. He's like, this could actually work. Uh, he asked his caddy how far it is to carry all the crap. And then his caddy standing there and he's kind of trying, I think, to talk him out of it. He's like, you know, if you're really confident in this, fire away. But if there's any hesitation in your mind at all, let's just pitch it out sideways and try to make four and uh, Hoblin looked at him. He goes, no, I kind of want to see what happens here. Like he was just like one of us just out playing with our buddies. I had that. I played on Wednesday and I had one of those moments. I attempted I a shot. I totally should not have attempted because I was just like, you know what? I kind of want to see what happens here. And Victor Hall is just so relatable and so much fun to watch. Uh, so that was great. After the round, he was asked about why he didn't move to Jupiter, Scottsdale, something like that. And he just continued to show love to Stillwater, said that the people are awesome. He plays a lot with the golf team. And then he even showed love in his press conference. He's like, you know, Oklahoma state just uh, won their regional at Carson Creek the other day. So that, <laughs> <laughs> was really cool and a lot of fun. So Hovland is just—he's a great representative for Oklahoma State. He's one of the most fun guys on the PGA Tour, and I hope he wins this week. I hope he goes out and fires another uh, 69 today. That would get him tied for what is currently the lead at 6-under as Brandon Grace has gotten it to 6-under. But Victor Hovland right now has as good of a chance as anyone in this field to hoist the Wanamaker on Sunday
1: afternoon. He really does, and he's just he's trending in that direction. He might not win this major, but he is going to win a major pretty soon. He's just, he's one of the best golfers in the world. And it's, it's, it's been fun to watch his trajectory because we all knew he could, could drive the ball. We all knew he could hit his irons really well. He kind of struggled a little bit putting and and chipping around the greens early in his career, but he's, he's been really good at that lately. He's been, he's not been losing strokes around the green, which is a huge difference. and, And just what I love about this tournament, Colby, is on the PGA Tour week in, week out, long iron play has been totally nullified. It's driver wedge, just about every routine weekly tournament. This tournament is forcing you to hit long irons, and that's just a lost art. Uh, Andy Johnson, who's a guy I really like, I think he has some of the best takes on golf. He is a co-host of the Shotgun Start podcast. He works for the Fried Egg. He he kind of went over a few months ago, Ben Hogan supposedly has one of the greatest rounds of all time. I can't remember what course it was at, but it's widely viewed as one of the greatest rounds ever. And he just went through each club that he hit throughout it. And it was like driver two iron driver, four iron driver, wood. you know, none of these driver wedges that they hit now. And that's, that's a skill and it's a lost art. And I think you're starting to see why Victor's doing well in this tournament is he's really good at that. And I've, I've really enjoyed watching the long iron play this week already.
0: Yeah, I have too. And that bodes well for another Cowboy, Carson, uh, Taylor Gooch. Taylor Gooch is one of the best mid to long iron players on the PGA Tour. I know people don't realize that, but whenever you really dive in to the analytics, which is stuff that nerds like me do, Taylor Gooch is one of the best mid to long iron players on tour. And he went out yesterday. We talked about the 17th hole, the par three, which is just an impossible golf hole. Uh, About 90% of the way into the broadcast, Taylor Gooch was still the only player to birdie, 17 yesterday, and other guys were uh, still coming through with some groups on the course. I'm not sure if anybody else birdied that hole or not, but he went out and fired a one under 71 yesterday and uh, was throwing some darts with those mid to long irons. So it really is a lost art, and it's crazy. We watch these guys on the PGA Tour, and they only hit long clubs typically in the par fives. But you and I go out, Carson, and I mean, how many times around do we have four, five, six, seven iron into greens? All the time. That's just how normal people play golf. So it's kind of nice to watch the best players in the world. You know, you got to go driver four iron into a par four. That's life. That's how the rest of us live. Welcome to the club. And obviously, these guys are a little better at it than we are still, but it has been a ton of fun to watch the first day and a half or so at Kiowa.
1: Yeah, for sure. Another Cowboy that's seemingly Relevant. He signs a proof of life. Ricky Fowler fires a one under par round to start his tournament. And he's up near the leaderboard. Uh, This is a guy who got a special exemption into the tournament and he's playing really well, Colby. He was kind of rocking a new look. He had like the sunglasses with the goatee rocking. He looked like he was in disguise, but he played really well. He did look like he was in disguise.
0: Uh, His golf game wasn't. His golf game actually finally made an appearance for once in a while. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. This is his third week in a row that he's played. The last two weeks, he's had really good Thursdays and then missed the cut. Two weeks ago at Wells Fargo, which was playing difficult, he shot one under on day one. He shot 76 or 77 on day two and ended up missing the cut, which was even or one over par. Last week at the Byron Nelson, he shot five under 67 on day one. The cut for the event ended up being six under, shot even par on day two on a course that was just playing phenomenally easy and missed the cut. So Thursdays haven't been the problem for Ricky the past couple of weeks. It's been Fridays where he comes out and does not play well. He doesn't tee off for another couple of hours, but I'll be real interested to see how the first nine goes for Ricky, because if he gets off to a good start, I think he can parlay that into a good round, but if he gets off to a bad start, I mean, we all know anybody who's played golf can kind of get in your head a little bit, and the fact that he's had a couple of bad Fridays in a row, I think there's some pressure that he's probably put on himself to go out and have a good day and see the weekend and try to get a high finish, so it's a a big afternoon of golf for Ricky, uh, especially public perception-wise, with the fact that he did get the special exemption into the tournament. If he can make the cut, or even top 10 or top 15, I think that would really validate a lot of the stuff that he's been working on in his game and give him the confidence to finally start playing some better golf and get back to the Ricky that we saw a few years ago.
1: Yeah. I mean, we were just so used to him finishing in the top 10 at majors. It seemed like it was on autopilot and now he's, he's struggling to even qualify for majors. He had to get a special exemption like we mentioned and his putting is really what has gone South. I mean, he used to be one of the best putters on tour up near the top in that statistic have you seen what he's been doing, Colby? He grips the putter left-hand low when he sets up, then switches to traditional grip and hits the putt. At least he did for the, a couple of putts that I watched yesterday. I don't know if he's doing that full-time or not, but clearly the putting is going to be some of the biggest challenges he faces uh, today in his, his second round.
0: Yeah, it's crazy because he used to be one of the best putters on tour for what felt like five or six years. The first guy to actually do that was J.B. Holmes did it a few years ago at an event that he won where you take that left hand low and then you bring it back to your normal grip. And what a golfer's trying to do there, I've even done this, not on the course, but I've done it practicing. You're trying to keep your left shoulder, which is your front shoulder if you're right-handed, kind of locked in. You don't want your left shoulder kind of flying out and your your stroke gets all arms and stuff. Uh, so yeah, that's what he's trying to do is get, keep his left shoulder engaged. But this is stuff that we never used to have to see ricky work on with his putter it was just always so natural he would line up behind the ball he would hover the putter he would hit it and it would go in and that just hasn't been the case lately so it's definitely also anyone who played golf knows golf is a mental game and ricky clearly has some mental demons that he needs to exercise so hopefully this week and throughout the rest of the season he's able to do that
1: you know that'd be fun to watch i'd love to see ricky up near the leaderboard uh kind of trying to resurrect his his career it's been a, been a struggle so far this year Hopefully Victor, Taylor Gooch, hopefully a lot of the local guys can um, have good second rounds and we'll get to watch them moving into the weekend. Uh, Anything else you want to get to Colby before we get out of here? I think that's
0: pretty much uh, everything. Just looking forward to the golf this weekend, looking forward to softball as well. Hopefully Oklahoma State can make it through. It'd be a huge disappointment not to at least get through the regional and the super regional. You'll get matched up with a good team and you'll have to play really well, but let's be honest. In this regional, Oklahoma State can probably advance without its A game, so the only disaster is that you don't get through. Uh, Baseball should be able to take another couple from New Orleans leading into the Big 12 Championship, and then at the end of next week, we've got National Championship Golf starting. Oklahoma State will be one of the favorites at greyhawk out in arizona so oklahoma state spring athletics in a very very good position
1: right now man i wish i could go to greyhawk and just hang out in scottsdale with the way we've got all this rain lately here in oklahoma that'd be sweet
0: I need to uh, finish up at Southern on Sunday and then just catch a red eye out to Grayhawk <laughs> for the match play. Cause the, the the NCAA golf tournament goes Friday to Wednesday. Cause you've got four days of stroke play. And then after that, you've still got the match play portion to determine the team championship. So uh, yeah, long tournament. If anybody wants to go out to Grayhawk, it is an unbelievable property from everything I've seen.
1: Yeah. OU snuck in look like, OU wasn't going to make it. To the uh, national championship but they they went low in the final round to, to sneak in so oklahoma state's going to deal with ou in the uh, national championship
0: OU, by the way you take four out of five scores uh 54 hole tournament so on the 54th hole ou the four scores that counted they played that hole four under the last hole of the, of the tournament and they got in by two so <laughs> i mean i know we, we all get tired of hearing them yell about sooner magic and all that nonsense but that is I mean, serious clutch factor from OU on Wednesday.
1: That's pretty wild. So yep. the Stars may be aligning for a bedlam match play with a national championship at stake. Let's that would it. be a lot of fun we too. It.
0: We need it, Carson. I, that would I be need fun to see it. If that happens, I actually might catch a red eye to Arizona.
1: I'm going to have to try to see if Channel 5 will send me out there. But right, that would be a lot of fun. Colby, have a good weekend. Enjoy the PGA Championship. Hopefully we're, we're waving our, our Norway flags on Monday and, and Victor's raising the Wanamaker Trophy.
0: I can't wait. Go, Victor. Go, Pokes.